I feel like you need those uh, instances of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, uh, vulnerability. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Take the penis out of my mouth. <laughs> Welcome to A Cast With No Name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay. Yeah, I'm Matt. This is episode 50. Yes. Boom. This episode, we take a hit of slow-mo as we discuss the 2012 action slash sci-fi film, Dread. But first, don't forget to visit our website, acastwithnoname.com, where you can comment on episodes, send in requests, all that good shit, as long as, and as well, as long as, as also, you can listen to all of our other past episodes. So again, castwithnoname.com or acastwithnoname.com. Hard to believe it's been over a year. I know. It's nuts. You brought it up earlier and I completely forgot. Yeah. I saw it coming as... From the Batman to Dread. The Batman to Dread. It's flown by. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We were going to do a recap episode, play... Uh, to play our past hits of everything. Like 90 um, sitcoms, where you would just have a flashback episode? Yeah. Um, best highlights? Yep, just uh, best highlights. You know, typically that's something that writers do when they can't think of anything. Right, it's called a filler episode. Yeah, filler episode. Sure. So we were going to do that um, and just play past clips uh, with no context whatsoever, but we decided against it. So now we're just going to talk about uh, our past episodes. So you remember that one time when we said, uh, I think we were talking about. Oh God, what were we talking about? We were talking about a movie, and then you said something <laughs> yeah. sexist yeah, and that's stupid. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was funny. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good times. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good thing our audience hasn't reached that far, or else we'd have been fucked long, long ago. <laughs> I'm glad we only have tens of listeners. <laughs> that's because right. If we had more, we'd probably have no jobs. That's um, right. I agree. So, but that's all right. That's all right. Um. So, dread. Yeah. 2012. What, uh, like, did you ever read the comic? Actually, did you know that it was based on a comic? I did. Okay. What I did not know is that it was a comic strip first. Okay. Uh, because I think it, uh, it started in a British magazine, British sci-fi magazine called 20, 2000 AD. Yep. Yeah. And I believe it started in 1976. 77. 77. And it was, I think it was just a, a, a strip for each issue. I, I think it started, like it premiered in like the second edition yep. um, that it had. And then it kind of grew from there and eventually became its own book. Yep. Um, I never read them. I didn't even watch the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd. Um, back then, I think I was aware that it was a comic book. Um, but the Sylvester Stallone one just never interested me. Uh yeah, don't know why. Just didn't. I only saw that one time. Okay, and back in the nineties, and okay. I remember not liking it. Okay, I, I have very limited memory on it. I remember Rob Schneider in it as like the plucky comic relief. Um, they must have hit it off in Demolition Man because I feel like yeah, he it got went that from for that sure. to this and for sure. Yeah, and he was on SNL, so yeah, kind of a familiar face. But but then I didn't know it was based on a comic book. I didn't even know it was based on a comic book until after I watched Dread in theaters. Okay. Um. So that answers my next question was, yeah. did you read any of the comic books? I didn't, no. no. Not at all. So, which I've I never, I've never been a comic book reader for the most part. It's because of the words? 
because of the words, Literacy. because I'm not uh, particularly Literary. intelligent. Yep. So mm-hmm. I like small forehead. <laughs> I like things being f- spoon fed to me. <laughs> you got the large brow. Yeah, I got the, I got this is where <laughs> see this is where it starts and stops. Just it rains, but your <laughs> eyes stay dry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just staring dead, <laughs> dead-eyed at you. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I I never read the com- the comics either, uh, which I think is fine because there's it's interesting to watch something that is based on another property or another medium to see if it one it translates uh, because a lot of times if you go in there knowing of the comic or whatever material it was based off of then you have expectations set and it's incredibly hard, especially either from a comic or from a novel because you're imag- it's competing with your imagination and how you pictured it. Right. So I think it kind of, um, is a little bit, uh, of a barrier to go into movies like that when you already have an expectation as opposed to just going in completely blind. And that's why I don't read Jay. Cause I, yeah. I want to have zero expectations. That's why you don't read. That's it. why oh, I don't read. Okay. That's right. it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pure. <laughs> it's, I want to enjoy myself. You, you want to keep your, your virgin white dress yes. as you go into films. Yes. I get it. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, same here. I, uh, yeah, didn't read <laughs> it. Uh, this was the second time of watching. Okay. Of me watching it. Your second time. Yes. This is probably like my eight or ninth okay. around there. I really enjoyed this movie. Nice. Did you see this in it. theater? Yes. I was one of the very few people to actually see this in the theater. You were the one. I was the one. Actually, when me and Nicole saw this, I th- I think we were the only two in the theater. Did you watch the 3D or 2D? Uh, 3D. Did it look good? It was great. Yeah. Yeah. The slow-mo scenes were pretty cool. That's why it stood out at the time. Yeah. The... Uh, I could tell watching this, the title sequence, which the title sequence is just the just the, the letters, the yeah. letters, and some of the slow mo scenes. Yes, um, I could tell was 3D. But something I learned is that they didn't want this to be 3D. Yes, it was kind of pushed on to the producers to try and get because it was still during that post Avatar hype. Everything um, was 3D. Everything was 3D. Everything. Worked really well for animated films because mm-hmm. it was computer generated, so you could easily pull that depth to where a lot of movies that were, weren't were shot for that and wasn't shot in 3D, you had that planar look to where everything looked flat, but just on different distances. Yes. To where everyone looked, kind of looked like a cardboard cutout, I remember. Um, yep. And um, But I wondered... Which I didn't get too much of this, other than the slow mo, like beginning uh, letters of dread and a couple of the slow mo scenes, and then the first when they breach the building and they have the bullets going through the cheek and the blood coming out. Yep. I didn't feel like it was there was any overt shots where they shot that specifically for three D kind of a thing. Yeah, um, I was watching some extras and the uh, the the director of photography again was saying that he didn't want to do three D, but <clears throat> they allowed him to create like a special camera. He liked the idea of depth of field by having close-ups to characters mm-hmm. and giving it that comic book panel feel where you would have one half of the screen be like the character close-up and then in the background would be somebody doing something. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot re-watching this again. There's a lot of those shots. Mm-hmm. Just close-ups where you're like, why is that a close-up right now? And it's like, oh, okay, I get it. They're trying to go with the 3D effect. Yeah. Well, depth of field. That, that and I think they balance that well because the overt oh this was meant for 3d didn't um i guess stand out to me as much as the shots of oh they shot it because it kind of i mean there's quite a few shots in here that 
look like a comic book panel. Oh, yeah, for like sure. through the peephole, through like oh, a yeah. bunch of different, yeah, like you said, close up shots, depth of field. Um, that helps look, look, yeah. show that still movement or whatever, which I feel like is another reason why they kind of developed the drug of slow mo, is so they could kind of stabilize those movement shots that were probably very visual in the comic book. Yeah. Um, but again, I have no frame of reference because I never read the comics. But, right. Um, well, let's get into, uh, so why, why did we pick this movie to talk about? I picked it because I called it a hidden gem, strictly because it was such a financial flop at the box office. So I'm looking at the numbers right now. Uh, it had a production budget of $45 million, and worldwide it made $41 million total. Mm-hmm. So didn't even make its budget back from the domestic grosses. But then you look at the DVD and the Blu-ray sales before streaming took over. This is, again, 2012. This is 11 years ago, back when people still used to rent and buy DVDs and Blu-rays. $22 million. So mm-hmm. over half of its theatrical run was made back f- with uh, DVD and Blu-ray sales, which is kind of unprecedented. Normally it's not over 50% of the, the theatrical take. It's like, I don't know, 8% or something. Mm-hmm. So it found an audience uh, on video. Um, and the answer is why. Why Why did it not do so hot in box office uh, or in, the, in, in theaters, but it kind of found its audience away from the theaters? Nope. And I think two things. In theaters, it's like anything else. It had a shitty release date. It was like early September at the, coming out of the box office. They didn't know how to market it. Um, I remember the, I remember the previews just, just emphasizing the 3D. And I think at that time, people were just tired of like 3D gimmicky shit. And they didn't want to go see the next 3D gimmicky thing. Yeah. Because like you said, um, it works in animation, but I think we got tired of it not working for live action like yeah. Clash of the Titans. I got tired of it, and also <coughs> if you remember, the ticket prices were a lot more. Yes, uh, than they were for two D, and I think yeah, by this time a lot of people were becoming wise as far as oh, not every movie <clears throat> is going to look like Avatar. Avatar, yeah, and to where it worked fine with the the car- cartoons and animated, but you you weren't getting a lot of. Um, director specifically shooting for the medium um i mean you had scorsese come out with hugo and um you had a couple of director uh who is it um uh, who did the green hornet um was it mark forrester no that was uh, uh michelle gondry uh, yeah I think. michelle gondry uh, <clears throat> did uh green Hornet shot that in 3d yeah and uh actually no i think they converted that shit too Oh, that was after the fact. Yeah. Those are the worst. Yeah. That's terrible. And, um, but, I mean, a couple of the computer effects they redid for three, just for that. Yeah. Whatever ghost effect they did for that movie. But, I mean, other than Scorsese and maybe a couple others, you didn't really have any known directors playing with the medium. And I think Scorsese did it with Hugo just to see what it could provide. And, obviously, he wasn't that thrilled with it because yeah. it didn't. Um, which other than Avatar, I think Hugo is probably the best looking 3D. 3D. Um, but he did it differently in a sense that he did it behind the window as opposed to less gimmicky out in front coming at you kind of a stuff. Like I think he had like maybe one shot kind of going through, but everything else he was playing with the depth of field, playing with the um, the distance of characters. Right, and, the spacing. Yeah, um, and trying to create interesting compositions that way. Um, but yeah, 3d, I think people were getting tired of it is, is more expensive. Yeah. Um, and, um, I don't think that, 
I mean, Carl Urban's known, but he's not well known to the point where you're like, oh, I got to go see Carl Urban as Dread. Mm-hmm. I think that played a, that played a role in it. And Dread, Judge Dread himself, the comic strip isn't as popular as, again, this is 2012, so Avengers came out that year. So I think at least American audiences or just audiences in general were expecting to, they were in the mood for a different kind of comic book movie. Um, before like a hard R comic book movie, those weren't really selling at all until Deadpool came out. Um, and again, like, and I think the, the fact that judge dread came out and it's associated with the Sylvester Stallone movie. And that movie was so panned that people Mm -hmm. weren't like excited to see a revamped dread movie. The the only people (laughs) that I feel like were excited to see this were people that were fans of the comic books. Yeah. Um, or wanted a R action movie. Yeah. Um, I think if this came out today, it would it would do better. I think if it came out today, the action I think would be better. Okay. Um, yeah. The because I mean I kind of and I don't know if it's just because we watched four John Wick movies. <laughs> it might be in a row, and then I come and watch this. This came out two years before the first John Wick. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, whelmed. <laughs> whelmed. But um, but yeah. I mean, I I agree. I think Car- Carl Urban is definitely well known now because of the boys, and yeah. um, than what he was back then. Uh, I was aware of him because of Star Trek, but also um, he played Woodrow Call in uh Comanche Moon, which is a miniseries that is a prequel to Lonesome Dove. So he played Tommy Lee Jones's character. That's pretty much what I knew him as up until that point. Up until he started playing Bones in Star Trek. Right. And all oh, the old Lonesome Dove reference. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> And then of course he was in um Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. Um uh, but um he wasn't Yeah. I mean this was he was and whatever star power he had or recognizability he had, unless someone was following him distinctly, you wouldn't have known that he was in this movie because he never takes his helmet off. Right. He's like the Mandalorian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, yeah. And I, yeah, I don't know if it was just too dark for people at the time, as far as people wanting comic books, um, because I mean, a lot of people went to the comic book movies because they were family friendly. You could take your kids and like anything, rated our movies don't typically do as well as sure. PG-13. Yep. Um, but yeah. So, I'll say, what's it about, Jay? Uh, in a violent, futuristic city where the police have the authority to act as judge, jury, and executioner, a cop, excuse me, teams with a trainee to take down a gang that deals the reality-altering drug slow-mo. So yeah, that's essentially the movie. Yep. It's uh, Dread is out there training somebody. They go to make a call at a complex called Peach Trees and uh, Hell ensues. Um, hour and thirty five minutes. Hour and thirty five minutes. Tight. It's brisk. It's a tight, tight, tight like a toyga. <laughs> it's not a two hour and fifty minute burn like Chapter Four of the John Wick series. Yeah, you're not. Uh, yeah, I, you're in and out. And the strange thing is that you know the it's it's it takes place in this fictional city called Mega City One. Apparently, America's been bombed out and. It's in uh, nuclear fallout or whatever. You don't you don't really hear any background of it, but everyone's condensed in this gigantic city, 
yeah, between Boston and DC. Yeah, it's one city, eight hundred yeah. million people, <laughs> right. and they have these giant towers. Yeah, housing. I think what Peachtree's seventy thousand, seventy thousand people in Peachtree's. Yeah, and which is just an interesting concept because I always think of Sim City. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you ever played that. Uh, I had, I had back in the day yeah. there was cool people <laughs> and there was probably you and the cool people played Sim City alone in their bedroom and they had these uh, buildings car- called uh, Argopolises or Ar- Ar- Acropolis. I don't know. Big ass building for <laughs> houses a lot of people, but it's a dense residential area. I got you. And so that's what it reminded me of. To All where, right. um, but it was like people would live, work. All right shop and everything within these giant structures so but, you, you're watching this movie and you're like oh, this reminds me of when i was alone like, in damn my i want to play sim watching city, city. <laughs> play sim city nice yeah so that that's what it is it's in this uh highly condensed city where just you know bad things happen all the time and he's a part of what is it the hall of justice or the hall of justice hall of justice and yeah so he's a judge starts off he's chasing down three Three perps. Yeah. In a van. Yeah. Intoxicated. On slow-mo. On slow-mo. And he fucking kills them. <laughs> he kills them. The sentence is death. So, yeah, he just... He, he tells you the crimes you've committed, and then he passes the sentence right there, right mm-hmm. then and there. There's no jury or peers, none of that, none of that stuff. Yeah, none of that shit that gets nah. in the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> what, what do you got? You know, go to the jury? You got 800 million people condensed yeah. in one city. You don't got time for that. Yeah. I was Tax watching this. Out. I was like, man... This is closer than we think. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, police brutality. It's fun. It's fun. It's good. It's a good movie. <laughs> they make movies about it. They make movies about it. So, yeah. Uh, so, a shithole of yep. uh, civilization. and yep. It's not good. Um, which I find it interesting that the, the strip started in the late 70s yep. in England. And back then, they even figured that's where we're going to end up as far as... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know if the whole world was like that or yeah. if it was just our country. I, I'm assuming it would be the whole world. Um, but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, they... they well, they, they decided to make this... To set it in America, they said, because America's just larger and it made, made, more, made sense more sense to have it in that large space of of land and on the british isles then mm-hmm. you know it would just be the entire the entirety of the island and have that make sense for yeah. 800 million people yeah it makes sense because yeah. i mean even europe as a whole i mean that's a tiny yeah. fucking place compared it is pretty to, tiny um but uh so yeah, yeah post-apocalyptic you're introduced to introduce to dread right off the bat he's on his little motorcycle yep uh kills some people and then he gets stuck with a rookie or trainee uh for the day and what's up with anderson why do people love that name it's so I'm, generic it's, it's like I john merely, <laughs> i merely thought of yeah i merely thought of the matrix anderson mr like, anderson come on guys well they open up a last name book and the first one is probably yeah. anderson and that's why they're always in there yeah um it's unassuming um oh, but, and this movie was written by alex garland yes i like him a lot and may have been directed by him it's some, not directed by Pete Travis. Uh, well, depending on who you ask. So mm. with this movie, uh, Carl Urban was in an interview and he had stated that Alex Garland had actually directed this more so than what uh, whoever is Pete Travis, Pete Travis uh, had done. Then depending on who you ask is Pete Travis wiped his hands of the project after 
principal photography and Alex Garland is the one who was kind of calling the shots in the edit room. Interesting. Um, and then depending on else who you ask was Alex Garland actually had more of a hand in directing than what Pete Travis did. And with the amount of work that Alex Garland did, um, because he didn't have a, um, feature directorial job already under his belt, they were wondering about him getting a co-director credit on this because of the amount of work that he's done. But then I think Pete probably got his tails in a, his like tail feathers in a huff or whatever. Panties in a wad. There yeah, you panties go. Panties in a wad. There you and, go. And uh, <laughs> him and Alex Garland talked it out. And then he said, oh no, he's no longer seeking a co-directing thing. So whatever reason, whatever so sounds like I'm sure drama. there's a bunch of BS that went on behind the scenes that, um, because I looked at other Pete Travis stuff and it was a whole bunch of fucking nothing, a whole bunch of nothing. And, yeah. but Alex Garland is the one that kind of had the career after this with Ex yes. Machina and, um, Annihilation yeah. and some of other things. So I kind of have a feeling he more mainly yeah. had a hand in this than what he did. Um, especially in the directing sense, because you have Dom Hall Gleason. Yeah. Uh, that shows up in his, in Alex Garland's first quote unquote movie, movie yeah. ex machina. And, um, I feel like uh, at least he had been on set quite a bit to where, or unless, I mean, unless our Alec Garland just reached out to him and could be, but. it feels like an Alex Garland movie. This it does. one does. Yeah. It does. So, yeah, I haven't seen ex machina and I haven't seen annihilation uh, annihilation. Yeah. Um, you watch this in certain sequences. I'm like, this is like Annihilation. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like it. So You've never seen Ex Machina. I have not. It's a great movie. It's one of my faves. I hear I hear it's good. It's I very just, good. I just never got around to... I, I, I have a feeling it's not an uplifting movie. It's not. No. And so that's probably why I've held off it's on it. It's not uplifting at all. Because I'm, I'm rarely in the mood to be like, you know what? <laughs> I want to be sad. <laughs> it's not sad either. It just has interesting themes, and it's a it's just a good story. Mm-hmm. It's good. Oscar Isaac's great in it, by the way. Um, but back to Dread. Yes. So, uh, anyway, he has this trainee. They go on a call to Peach Trees, and they're investigating a homicide of three three people, and they find someone who they think committed the murder, and they try to take him out, but he's knowledgeable of this giant drug empire that they have going on, this distribution and manufacturing mm. thing that they got going on in this building, and Mama, who's the drug overlord, decides to lock down the uh, building. and Cuts off all communications to the outside control. world. And then you have a Raid Redemption movie going on. Yep. So you're trapped. They're trapped in this building and they have to survive. Yes. Until they can get the blast doors back open or they get back up. Yep. And uh, then that's the movie. So that's the movie. It, yeah. It, it goes on from there. Um, so Hidden Gym. What do you, what is it about this for you that makes it a Hidden Gym? One that nobody saw it. And I'm recommending that. People see it. it the, I mean, if you, if you, again, it's an hour and 35 minutes, so it's tight. It's a tight, 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 tight movie. Tight. You're not going to, you're not going to waste an entire day watching this movie. Um, it's, it separates itself, I think, from other comic book movies because there's no backstory to dread. You kind of just jump in there mm-hmm. and it's not a nice little, it's a nice little story. There's nothing, there's no uh, expanding the universe at all. It's all one location for the most part. Um, the action, I think, is great. You, even, today i mean yeah john wick is is better but i mean for the budget they had and mm-hmm. 
the constraints, it's very good. Visually appealing. Uh, I, th- I thought Carl, Carl Urban's great in it, even though you only see his mouth. If he had that scowl the entire shoot, I'd be like, oh, my mouth is just... Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I'm going to smile just a little bit. Uh, but... And, and you know, it's just it's just it's 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 just a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, I, the the point you said about uh, no backstory just kind of dumps you right into it. I like it when movies do that mm-hmm. to where no explanation. I mean, they do a quick. There's a quick Carl Urban voiceover at the beginning telling you what kind of world you're in. Eight hundred million people in a city, and uh, they live in these towers, and it's there's a wasteland outside of the city. And inside the city is actually an also a wasteland. Yeah. Um, but they don't go into it. They don't. They don't um, have exposition dumps throughout the movie to catch up. No. It's it's you're right in the middle of it and you go. And another movie that I think that does that is uh, Cool Hand Luke really really well. Mm. Um, you're <laughs> comparing Dread yeah. to Cool Hand <laughs> Luke. <laughs> <Now>. <laughs> Two totally different movies, but Cool Hand Luke does that to where. Yeah. You're just dumped right in. You don't get backstory to any of the characters. You're yep. just, oh, there's Paul Newman cutting the heads off parking meters, and your way you go. Yep. And same thing here. Um, you don't get backstory, but they also have terminology that they don't um, expand on. But y- you pick it up. So when they come across dead bodies, they're like, oh, we need these for re- like uh, send an ambulance and recycle. Yeah. And they keep saying recycle. So, but they don't expand on it, but there's enough there to imagine, okay, 800 million people. Yeah. They probably recycled dead bodies for, to grow food or to use whatever carbon, whatever kind of resource and nutrients that you can get from a dead body. Not that they're eating people, but um, they recycle them because they got to reuse everything because resources are probably at a premium. Yeah. Um, but just like little things like that, that they don't expand on, but are just there. Yeah. Um, same thing as just these massive towers housing 75,000 people. And they tell you just enough to let your imagination kind of fill in the fill gaps. The gap, yeah. Like wonder what just, it allows you to think about how shitty life must be living in these giant structures um, and being trapped essentially um, and surrounded by nonstop crime. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's very. Uh, I, I like the world building mm-hmm. because I feel like they do just enough to where you kind of want more of it, but they don't spoil anything. They leave some of the things open to your imagination, which I think is uh, a great thing that this movie does very, very well. Yes. It doesn't feel like it has to explain anything. Right. There's a lot of movies that make that mistake where they just add too much to the. Like the one I'm thinking of right off the bat is Conan the Barbarian with Jason Momoa. Okay. Where they try to explain everything in the world within the first 15 minutes and you're just like falling asleep because mm-hmm. you just don't care. Uh, it wasn't because of Jason Momoa's acting? No, no, okay. no. I think if they would have treated that movie kind of like this where they just jump into it, it still would have been terrible, but <laughs> at least... At least cause you build it, on to the world as time progresses. You don't need to dump everything. Like, yes, like all this exposition, uh, exposition and narration, it just... I don't know. You're you're trying to catch the audience up when you know that they don't have the backstory of the character because they're not that popular. Mm-hmm. Like popular characters, movies uh, like you know Batman or Spider Man, unless it's the origin story. No, you're not going to have that exposition. People mm-hmm. already understand the world. Like Super Mario Brothers, I just saw that movie. There's not a lot of expo- like world explaining. Yeah, it's just you, you're dumped in the world. You understand where you are, and 
maybe maybe you have a few snippets of dialogue here and there, but you don't dwell on it for longer than yeah than a couple minutes. Yeah. The um the other thing I like one of my favorite concepts that this movie does is when so at the beginning um there are three homicides that happen at peach trees and that's what drives uh there's a call about it and uh three homicides at petrie's complex and dread uh leaves it up to anderson the rookie Mm -hmm. to decide what call they're going to go on yep and she says we're going to go to peach trees and with her full well knowing that it's one of the most violent uh Residential, residential buildings, areas. yeah, um, mega structures, mega structures, <laughs> and uh, they like saying mega in this world, but mega, they, city, mega, mega, mega city. structures, mega peen, mega boner, <laughs> three inches of fury. <laughs> um, the but when you, uh, uh, but you see on the uh, LCD, like on a screen or whatever, you see the three homicides on a map, yeah, and then the map kind of expands out and then it keeps expanding out to where oh three three murders happen in this one building but then you expand out to a city block and three or there's like 12 murders and then you expand out more and more and more into where now you're in individual sections and you see multiple sections it gives you a sense of scale of this city and it's not even the whole city i think it was just a very like not a, even the size of a state. It's probably a district, the, yeah. Yeah, maybe a size of like four or five counties. Yeah. And just the amount of po- the population density, but the amount of crimes that happen. And then they follow it up immediately with um, Dread saying something along the lines of there's so many violent crimes happening every minute. And we get calls for like there's like 12,000 calls or something a day or something yeah. ridiculous into where we, we can respond to uh, 8% of them or 6%, like something yes. insanely small. So you get an idea just from that within, I think the whole thing took 12 seconds in one line of dialogue. You got the sense of just how violent this place is without one showing all that violence, but two without someone just sitting. I mean, granted dread said, yeah, we get this many calls a day. We can only respond to this much, but they showed you that the way they showed you, which I'll, all good movies will show you and not tell you. Right. Um, show you and not tell you. Yeah. That's and that should be the ethos. But yet, but just the sense of scale that what these people are dealing with and what this law enforcement's dealing with and the amount of uh, the amount of shithole that <laughs> all these people live in. It was I, I just really like that part of the movie. Yeah. Um, I thought it was very very effective to and do w- it quickly and put you into the their situation. Right. And do you, do you even think that that would work in like a real s- situation? Like if you were living in a city like that, and only six percent of the time, if something horrible happened, would somebody respond to it? I don't know. I don't know if a population could be that dense, right. and that violent, without tearing itself. Yeah, apart. exactly. Because yeah. I mean, if you look at the pandemic, and um, like when, like in New York, like massive cities or like larger cities were trying to deal with it. I mean, the shortage of in grocery stores and mm-hmm. everything else. Um, and that wasn't even horrible, but that was also only for a couple weeks, more or less. I yeah. mean, things were shut down for, I mean, they would shut down restaurants and stuff. But I mean, as far as, okay, everyone stay home was only a couple weeks. China, it's been worse. Um, 
but just this, like, I mean, just one building, 70,000 people, I would feel like the resources and on top of the violence and that many people being that close together, I feel like everyone's world would either shrink to where you live in your apartment or maybe a couple of floors and that's it because you don't want to travel outside of that because then you're outside of your safe zone. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like people would be a lot more contained or people would, the society would just rip itself apart yeah. to where it would then it would have to disperse because people couldn't thrive in that environment because it's not a tribal mentality. It almost feels like everyone's trapped mm-hmm. um, there. But. And the whole judge jury executioner aspect of it makes sense in that world. Cause if you can only respond to 6% of crime, awful crime at that, and you're that densely populated, like you're not going to have a, a yeah. system where you're going to have a court date. Yeah. And you're not going to have arraignments and shit. And yeah, because you don't have enough people. And if, if the crime is so outlandish where, you know, there's a crime committed for every five set, you know, at, there's like a 50% crime rate for the citizenship. Yeah. You're not going to be able to process these people, uh, the way you should. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, well, you, you we'll need to be efficient. We'll nip it in the bud yep. and we'll, we'll do it on the spot then and there. So, um, so <clears throat> it, it, it weirdly makes sense, even though it's, it's just a, an awful like nightmarish thought mm-hmm. <laughs> to have that world actually exist. Yeah. And I think that's my favorite part of this movie. Yeah. And, and I enjoy this movie. Um, I do think it has, I agree with you. I think it's, it's a good movie that I think a lot of people don't talk about, but I mean, I do think there are quite a few flaws that I think probably contributed to not a lot of people talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like, like the general public's concerned, I mean, dread fans, I think love this movie. Sure, they, sure. A lot of people wanted a sequel, um, after this movie. Um, and I think Alex Garland, even, um, he had three different treatments, and one was super extravagant, like based on one of the popular storylines in the comics. But he said it was too big. For, too big. So he was thinking, he's like, well, if we get to do a third one, this will be the story mm. for the third movie. And so he kind of, um, he had escalating stories. He picked the smallest one. Right. Uh, because it was more manageable and um, especially on a lower budget. Sure. Um, but I do think uh, one, of, one of the things I feel like probably was a detriment to this movie is there's really you're kind of along for the ride of the story and one there's not much story it's a like not, it, it's almost like a all. day in the life and yes, it it's, is you're going along with them on one call yep. that's all it is and which i like that um and i feel like if if i was going to turn this into something it would be a tv show where each episode, like similar to Sherlock, to where you'd get three episodes a season, each episode's an hour, hour and a half, uh, probably an hour and a half, um, but it would be something like this, smaller stories, but maybe not center on Dread as a main character, to where, but he's involved in every story, mm. to where it focuses on a different character. Because one thing, uh, it's I felt like this movie... You, you were just kind of there. You were present. But I really didn't feel like I was rooting for anybody in particular. Um, looking back on it, I feel like it's more of Anderson's story. Yeah. 
than it is dread, which is perfectly fine, which I think would work, especially with more movies like this. You could have a side character and they're kind of ushered by dread or it's their about their interaction with dread. Right. And you would get to know him through those secondhand experiences of or those firsthand experiences of those characters which I feel like if it was drawn out with more instances, it'd be very, very interesting to do a character study that way to where you just get a bunch of different people's perspective of this person. Um, just because in this movie, you don't get backstory to him. You don't, he doesn't really necessarily have an arc, um, which are we talking spoilers? Yeah. Okay. Spoilers. Um, so <clears throat> the only arc really is at the beginning of the movie is he's looking at Anderson and he says, "Nope, she failed the exam. She failed by three points. She failed. You got to you got to go by the letter of the law. Yep, letter yeah. of the law. Like black, everything's black and white. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the movie, uh, she end up, ends up confessing to him because he rattles off all these criteria that would make her <clears throat> fail right. um, her assessment. And by the end of like towards the end of the film, uh, she says." I already failed because I lost my weapon. I was taken from me as blah, blah, blah. Like she lifts several things that uh, made her fail. And, and then he ends up passing her. Right. Um, I mean, it's such a small thing, but that's like really the only kind of arc that he has. The only other thing too is like, he doesn't seem very relatable um, in that sense either one, because you, I think part of it, you don't see his face and I, he kind of feels more like RoboCop, but I feel like RoboCop did it a little bit better as far as the acting. Uh, oh, gotcha. From nose down, not to not to knock on Carl Urban at all. I think it's it was just better directing in RoboCop. That you were able to express emotion to where he felt almost emotionless, mm -hmm. and um, even when the building was locked down. Uh, and it was kind of a more of the survival portion of the story. And then they say, well, we could also go after her. That's our, our other option. So then it kind of more turning into a hunting story to where they were more of on the attack. Um, it didn't feel like a sense of urgency on mm. his part to where it, he didn't really feel scared at all, which, and again, didn't read the comic books. It could be true to form for his character, but yeah. with comics, they've had 40 years to develop his character. And if it's a character I'm supposed to care about, then I feel like that's something I needed a little bit more in this movie. Or if it, if he is supposed to be kind of that stoic Clint Eastwood type of character, that RoboCop, that robotic, everything is black and white here's the letter of the law kind of character. And that's his point. Like, and that's the point of that character. And he's supposed to play off something, someone more human Then I think that worked, especially in the case of Anderson to where then it should have been her story and getting more of her perspective of that character um, as opposed to, and starting off the movie with her as opposed to starting the movie off with, with dread, with dread. Hmm. Um, but that, I, that I feel is like the biggest weakness of it. But again, it's still a good movie. It's just, yeah. you're not, you don't have that sense of um, desire to either, at least on my end, to want to be that character or want to follow that character more like, like a James Bond kind of character to where you want to be him. You want to experience his kind of a things or Iron Man. You want to be that kind of smart person 
to where him, he was just kind of very stoic and um, not lenient. But he got things done. I mean, there's redeeming qualities to him. He's not an asshole. It's just um, he's just a hard character, I feel like, to get on board with immediately, especially in gotcha. that hard, an hour and a half movie, um, especially not knowing anything about him. Either. Right. So uh, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I think that the uh, the arc was just enough because the movie was so short and because the the mission that they were on was so like mm-hmm. snappy. I thought that they set it up a little bit when they were evaluating Anderson and she asked the the chief or whatever asked Anderson, "Am I the only one in this room?" And she said, "No, no, there's another male judge with you." He, I see anger, but that's not the only thing. There's almost. And then they they cut away. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't let her they didn't let her finish her thoughts. So that that to me that was enough to give like the the audience a clue. Okay, there's something more than just him being a stoic asshole who's like a letter of the law kind of thing. And then I thought that the arc at the end where he, he said she's a pass. You mm-hmm. can you could, and then but even before then when she gave she rambled off like you know I dropped my weapon and I already failed. Let's just get this shit done and and then get out of here. Mm-hmm. You could see that he was. Like, oh, okay, she's, you know, there's more to this girl than than meets the eye or whatever. I thought it was enough. Um, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and and her point, I thought they were going to call back to that moment. They didn't, though. They didn't. And yeah. which, the way they handled his character, again, I think would be perfectly fine if they had more instances mm-hmm. after that. Because I feel like if they opened it up to where you've, you, introdu- you introduce this character through the eyes of a... Uh, psychic and she mentioned something and but maybe it doesn't get brought up until movie two mm-hmm. or story yeah story two story three to where like that kind of long-term character development i think would absolutely work right. because i would want to see more stories of this character for that slow burn character development yeah. because i feel like doing that at least um kind of peeling back a little bit of that onion every time you see him. So that way you just kind of grow to like him. I think that would work very, very yeah. well. It's just hard to do again. Yep. I mean, but his small arc for this small instance in a course of a day. Absolutely. I think that's, that's great. It's, I, I just wanted more of it. Right. I feel like, um, but I think it could have really paid off, especially if this turned into a trilogy or series, I feel like it would have been a character that you would have, at least started to understand complexity or at least giving you a little bit more insight to right. who he was. I agree with you. Yeah. You have to, I, I you want to root for somebody when you're watching a movie and sure. you're right. There's there, the arcs enough to satisfy me, but you're right. I, I would have enjoyed to, I wanted to root for him more, but then the movie kind of just, it kind of just ends, mm-hmm. which I get. I mean, it, he only had, which I so think, much. And we're just, I mean, we're drawing on bullshit here, but I think it would be, <laughs> uh, a really cool concept as far as taking a character like this to where having it be from a certain character's perspective. Like, so you have a, tr- a rookie trainee, you get her perspective of how this character appears. Mm-hmm. And then like the next movie, maybe the main character is a child and it's somebody that dread has to protect or something. Right. So then you get like this larger than life, like character to where a lot like, you're not really seeing the real person. You're seeing what people perceive as this character to where he's kind of cr- 
then you start creating this kind of mythological uh, idea of who this man is, even though it may be accurate or maybe it's just not accurate because you're going through an unreliable narrator from a child or from a rookie who's right. only had one interaction, which I think would just be a cool idea in general to do a character study on an established character like that. It would just be, I mean, for example, you could do it really well with Batman, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that would just be a cool concept that I feel like they could do with this character. Um, yeah, I think having a, a TV show, like it said in this Mega City One would be pretty cool. Which they brought up. Uh, I think they tried to do a TV show, the BBC or oh, they uh, did British. Te- te- they tried to do a British television show, and back in 2016, hmm. I think, and obviously it didn't go anywhere. But it was going to be about different judges. It was just going to be in that world. It wasn't going to be a a dread dread thing, but Carl Urban said he was willing to go and reprise his role if hmm. it made sense for the story and made sense for the character. Right. Um, which I think could have been that interesting. Would be cool. Just because the the world that exists there is interesting. Oh, yeah. It's very um I think their set design is great. Uh it's just that I mean, it, it feels like government housing. It just oh, the, yeah. the uh utilitarian structure like nothing is very nothing's pretty no um it's all gray and blocky and which and then concrete but what was interesting is there's still advertisements but it's just not everywhere yeah and which makes sense because i'm like yeah i mean who has a job doing graphic design and fucking <laughs> mega city one we're yeah. like oh god i gotta get this out <laughs> yeah yeah true Got to go to the printers and pick up a banner for our new sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, you're going to get shot or run over by a random uh, drug addict in the yeah. street. Yeah. But um. But no, I mean, I, th- yeah, the uh, the world that they created was uh, great. But that, um, as far as I mean, maybe they didn't want it to be Anderson's story because then it maybe would have been too much like Training Day. Which there's uh, yeah there's some training day here, but and that that was the other thing to where in training day spoilers for training day when they're in the house uh, when Ethan Hawke's in the house and Denzel Washington leaves him there with the uh, Hispanic gang members yeah um that whole scene the first time I saw um training day I was I mean I th- I think I was probably. I don't know, like 16 or something. Mm-hmm. It was like shortly after the movie came out. And I was watching that scene. And I was like, oh, shit. And then they throw him in the bathtub. Like, I'm just like, yeah, is he going to like. It, it put me on the edge of my seat. I didn't feel that here. I feel like when Anderson was captured, taken, yeah. captured, that <clears throat> should have been that scene. It should have been. Oh, oh shit, shit. To where. But I didn't feel a sense of fear or anything and part of that could be training but it's like i feel like you need those uh instances of uh what's the word i'm looking for um uh vulnerability 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 take the penis out of my vulnerability yeah and um you want that emotional beat a little bit yeah like because i feel like that should have been because he even tells her, 
uh, one in five trainees don't make it out right. the first day. Right. And you never got the, the sense that Anderson was in trouble. You thought everything was going to work out. Yeah. And I did too. And, I agree with you. Um, so that would be the only other thing is just that sense of uh, tension. Gotcha. I think could gotcha. have been done a little bit better. Gotcha. Um, That's fair. But... Christy stayed up the entire time. That's good. Well, it's an hour and a half. I hope so. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Can you make it? It's an hour. It's an hour and a half. <laughs> no, I think with the, you know, the success of the last of us and you know, that, that, that dour world, I think you could definitely do a TV show that's set in this city that would be compelling and fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell you're, you're adapting every other comic or video game nowadays. Why wouldn't you want to do it to this? Yeah. And I feel like this, I mean, this would lend itself well to, I mean, hell, all the networks and every show loves to have a cop show. Oh yeah. Have this be a cop show. For sure. And, um, I feel like that would, that'd be fun to watch. It would be be different. Of course, then they'd probably just turn into CSI and they'd all throw shit up on the computer. Law and R E S V U. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> who's who's the who's the perp? And then there's like a five minute scene of exposition where everyone's like, it's like a choreographed dialogue scene where they're all given one bit of of the uh, you know, he's he's a, he's a you know a money yeah. launderer. He, he Bob said he he went down to down the street to Bob's groceries the other day. Yeah. Bob's groceries is a Bob, and then the, the next character, blah, 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 blah. you get the intern that walks in immediately in that room. Hey, I got the file from yeah, the, yeah. Blah, blah, the the fax came through. Or yeah, the fax came through of Bob's bank accounts. Yeah. Turns out, <laughs> yeah. he made a transaction on January 9th. These the are the same sharpest day. tools in all the fucking yeah. boxes. Made a transaction on January 9th, and then the next guy comes in. That's the same day that Bob was with blah blah blah. <laughs> Where are we going? Susie's, and then cut to Susie's house. <laughs> Great writing. Uh, the, um, yeah. God, I hate those shows. <laughs> I, I do too. Dude, Nicole loves, she, she stopped watching, uh, Dude, Law they, and Order finally in, in NCIS. Well, they're on like season 62. I know. I don't, I don't know why people still watch them and because why they find easy. it compelling. It's easy. It's, it's like, just, yeah, it's like uh, American they, Pie. They always get them at the end. <laughs> it's like apple pie. Yeah. Or, or people feel like. They're they're part of the mystery and they solve it. So when they write about solving it, they're like, I'm, I solved it. Yeah, I'm oh. I'm one step ahead of the criminals. Right you know? there with them. I'm right there with them. I could them. be a cop. I could be a cop. <laughs> I could do this. <laughs> As they're sitting there in their pajama pants at four <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no offense to our listeners, but I know who we're kidding. You guys, but we're, are but we're judging you. Listening to it on your commute. Me and Jack actually going to do a, an episode about NCIS next week. <laughs> Only season one, though. We'll yeah, yeah, the first one. The week after. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Um, oh, one nitpick. Sure. <laughs> All right, so at the end, yeah. uh, uh, Cersei Lannister has the uh, detonator attached to her arm. Sure. And that's attached to some bomb somewhere in the building that will knock down the whole tower and kill everybody. Yep. And that's her, her last ditch effort to where she says, Oh, if you kill me, this is attached to my heart. It's monitoring my heartbeat. And if it loses the signal of my heartbeat, then the bomb will explode. And then dread who not the best at, you know, logic, I feel like said, well, do you think it would read it through a hundred layers of concrete? 
meaning that he was going to throw her over the edge. And um, when her heart stops, it would, she would be all the way at the floor. And I was like, well, that, that's a good thought in theory. However, if the signal doesn't transmit through 100 layers of concrete, then the signal of her heartbeat wouldn't transmit through 100 layers of concrete. And the bomb isn't going to know, oh, you're just out of range. It's just... I'll blow up now because she's out of range and I don't detect a heart. You get what I'm saying? I get you. I thought about this. Yeah. I thought about it watching it, but the only explanation I could come up with was maybe if her heart stops beating, then it sends a signal to tell the bomb. To, oh, to like, so it's armed, but it's like, Oh, the, but, right. but when it, so he's just, he's just, he's just betting that she'll be out of range. What a dick. I know. <laughs> he's like, I guess we're just going to find out. I, I was waiting for the camera. Like, <laughs> after she dies, and like I was, like, the camera goes back to him. I was waiting for him to be like, shit, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Anderson walks out. He'd be like, I, I saw I, I It was 50-50, honestly, Anderson, if that thing was going to fucking blow. <laughs> it would have been funny if, if he said that, and then Mama was like, fuck. <laughs> like, damn it. I didn't even. Yeah, someone acknowledged it. Someone acknowledged, mm-hmm. like. Like I could be right, you could be wrong. It, it probably would have been funny if Mama was like, like, like a look of disappointment. Like I didn't even think about that, but didn't happen. So. But no, I thought about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I was like, wait a second. What it's if, like, if it's connected, and then she's out of range, then the connection stops, and then we blow up, right? But then I was thinking, oh wait, what if it's like pushing a button, like it's armed. And the only way it gets set off yeah. is if another it's signal. It's receiving a signal right. of the signal of. So it's like a true false value. Correct. To yes. Where it's it's doing true. And then as long as it doesn't, doesn't do receive false, another signal of false, then it doesn't blow yeah. up. I don't Maybe know. that's it. We're going to write, thing that makes we're sense. Gonna write Alex Garland. We're like, hey, yeah. listen, fucker. This is something that you need to address now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right now. <laughs> Email everybody. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, I like it. I, I recommend everyone see it. I think it's a really good movie. I and thought the it uh, doesn't get the praise that I think it deserves. Yeah, I mean, I th- I feel like everyone did very well. I the only there was only I think the the drug addicts at the very beginning in the van they were a little over the top, but <laughs> I yeah. mean, but other than that, I feel like everyone's acting was pretty good i mean it wasn't yeah it wasn't cheesy it was believable it wasn't um it, it's just not that cartoonish that you yeah, can kind of come across some i liked things. lena lena head headley and mama because she didn't take any shit mm-hmm. she was just straight up mean there was no yeah. like snarky sarcastic stupid dialogue yeah like somebody get dread now yeah you know i want his head on a spike i want his heart on a plate like, mm-hmm. there was none of that stuff it was just she was kind of just reactionary and very like vicious. Yeah, she she didn't tell uh, Dom Hall Gleason, uh, "Oh, you better you better do a good job, or I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna kill you." It was nope. You just get introduced to a knife on his belly. Yeah, and because uh, she already gouged out his eyes. Yeah, and um, it's yeah. established. Show not explain. Right. Yep. It's the golden good. rule. Yeah, uh, Olivia Thurlby. Thur- Thurlby? I only remember her and Juno. I do not remember her and Juno. She was Juno's best friend. I only saw Juno once, and that came out in 2007? Yeah, a while ago. Fucking 16 years. 16 years? I think I've seen it twice. 
It's been a while. I saw it once. <laughs> the only thing I remember about that movie is when uh, Michael Sarah's like there. He's a cross country runner, and yeah. she makes a comment about the pork swords. Because I used to be a cross country runner, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, you're always self conscious about your junk just flapping uh, around. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> I can relate. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I was J. Jonah Jameson. God damn. <laughs> That's not his name. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at these other movies that released with it, and Resident Evil, Retribution grossed more money. Jesus. That <laughs> makes me very sad. Uh, Into Watch came out at the same time, grossed more money. I I do like that movie. Into Watch is a good movie. It's that cop movie with mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Michael Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's really good. Um, Trouble with the Curve. It's that oh, Clint Eastwood yeah, movie Clint Eastwood with, with Justin Timberlake. Uh, yeah. That grossed more money. House at the End of the Street. That was a Jennifer Lawrence movie before uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. was really big. Huh. That made more money. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, I I will say out of all those movies, I would want to watch this one. Yeah. Um, There's Dread, number one forty, on the domestic box office, right ahead of. Uh, playing for keeps. I don't even know what that is. Playing for keeps. Playing for keeps. I'm looking at it right now. It's got. Uh, Gerard Butler. Oh, it's geez. a romantic comedy starring Gerard Butler. Don't even remember that. Yeah, neither does Gerard Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jessica Biel, Gerard Butler, and Dennis Quaid. Oh, Jessica Biel. Jessica Biel. Oh. Back when she was in movies. <laughs> Back when she was in movies. Um. Well, hell, I wouldn't do anything either if I was married to Justin Timberlake. Yeah, why would you? Yeah. I recommend Sea Dread. It's very good. I recommend it. I mean, it's it's quick. It's a it's a good movie. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, they just needed a better hook. I feel like just to because I mean that short amount of time. Again, if this was like a TV, yeah, s- show or something, they could take their time doing yeah. that stuff. Uh, I feel like this could have been. They could have easily turned this into a pilot. Yeah, absolutely. And, um. But it, it it's fun. It's it's got some great ideas, and uh, I just don't think Dread Judge Dread has the appeal to warrant a movie that's going to have enough success to be like financially profitable. Yeah, and the and this yeah. is before streaming. Really, yeah. this was before everything was being snatched up. And yeah, um, I mean, this is this is where big ideas went. So yeah, um, I mean, you had television, but it's like no one's going to give. I don't know. It was it was tougher back then. I feel like than it was than it is now. Yes, very true. Um, but but no, I agree. It's uh, it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Um, Where'd you watch it, by the way? Where did I watch it? Yeah. yeah. Did you do you have do you own it? Oh no, uh, Hulu. Yeah. Hulu. So it's on Hulu right now. Okay. Uh, as of this recording, and I believe you could also rent it from Amazon for like four bucks. Or okay. Something like That's that. Not bad. Um, it's worth four bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah. And. Uh, yeah, it's definitely worth the rental. It's quick. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Decent acting. Yeah. So. Anything else, Jay? Uh, I don't think so. All right. All righty. Well, uh, join us next time as we fall into a thirst trap. Jeez, fuck Jeez, that up. Great job. God damn it. Awesome. <laughs> Just fuck it. We'll just shut it down. (laughs) See you. Talk to you later. Uh, Join us next time as we fall into a thirst trap as we try and answer the question: Is Waterworld really that bad? Interesting question. It is interesting. Get it? Thirst. I got it. Water. Because you're a genius. (laughs) Fucking. I'm a wizard with words. You are. (laughs) As long as I don't have to say them. Yeah. As long as I don't have to, you know, pronounce them. So, uh, but yeah, that'll be our next episode. Uh, Is Waterworld really that bad? So, Kevin Costner, uh, Dennis Hopper. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mad Max on the water. That's right. Smokers. That's right. They're called smokers. Smokers. I haven't seen this movie in so long. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh, Hopefully, it's streaming somewhere because I do not own it. I don't either. I'm sure it's We'll figure it out. It's got to be somewhere. It's on Tubi. It's got to (laughs) be. Tubi. Tubi. gotta be it's probably on amazon or something oh i'm sure it is yeah. um all right uh don't forget to comment on our episodes a cast with no name dot com uh all that good stuff uh thanks for listening till next time matt till next time jay yeah.